0: morning everybody. So welcome to Christian Fellowship Church. Is this is your first time um, in front of the pews is a connection card. If you fill that out and you can put it in one of the drop boxes out by the welcoming table, we can get connected um, with you. We can send you out flyers, updates, and everything else. I think people knew that I was preaching today, so the spray zone right here has been cleared out. So I, I thank you for those people that kind of know my, my spit pattern. Um, Uh, Some announcements that I would like to also say, we have the Chili Blast cook-off that's coming up here pretty soon on February 24th, immediately following the service. So if you want to get involved, if you want to put up your best dish, please uh, talk to Pastor Dylan. Um, But we need people to bring some chili so we can uh, enjoy a meal and fellowship together. That's one thing that we are very good at here at Christian Fellowship Church is uh, fellowship. Now, Another announcement that I would like to make, and John was alluding to it when he was going through his prayer, is that um, Pastor Chris Chris Richardson has verbally accepted um, coming to uh, CFC. And um, I'm thrilled, I'm ecstatic, and then probably for everybody out here, you're probably thrilled and ecstatic too because amateur hour is almost over. (laughs) And you've made it this far, you've stayed with us, and I truly do appreciate it. Um, I am going to do something a little different today, all right? For those people that don't know me, I am a technology uh, specialist. I'm a technology liaison for my district. And so uh, typically pastors are like, you know, put the phones away, and teachers are like that too, put the phones away. But today I would like you to get out your phone if you have a smartphone. Now for John and some other people, they still use a flip phone, so this won't work with the flip phone. But if you have a smartphone... You can open up a web browser. If you don't know what a web browser is, that's okay. Um, if you have Safari, if you have Chrome, you can open one of those. And then just type in the address joinpdp in Paul, D as in David, dot com. And then I have a code up here that will connect you to my sermon. And what I'm going to do is my sermon will go to your phone, and you'll be able to write notes off to the side if you want to do that. If you want to do it the traditional way, or the classic way, the slideshow presentation is going to be up here anyways, and you can follow that w- that way. But I'll say it again: you're going to go to joinpd.com. P is in Paul, D is in David, and then you're going to type in a code called VNFLD, or as the acronym says up here, Victorious Ninjas Form Lovely Drums. And so I've got some people that are connecting right now. I've got two. Thank you for those people. I'm going to give you guys a few more minutes and uh, get connected. And as you are getting connected, I would like to uh, get connected myself uh, to the Lord. So I'm just going to say a quick prayer. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for um, bringing us all here. Lord, um, we've been through uh, some tumultuous times here at CFC. And Lord, you have been here every step of the way and ever present. And, Lord, I just cannot thank you enough. Lord, I ask that the words that come up my mouth are from you, not from me. And, Lord, take me out of the equation. Lord, for anybody here who is um, wondering about whether accepting you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, I just ask that you work on their hearts, melt all of our hearts of a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. And, uh, Lord, I just thank you that uh, you've given us this time to be here to worship and praise you. In this your son's name I pray. Amen. All right, so as you're connected, if you are not connected right away, uh, no worries or anything else like that, um, you can still get connected if you go to joinpd.com and then type in VNFLD. That code will be up in the upper right-hand corner of the screen as well. So I'm going to close the code right now, and I'm going into uh, the the sermon as it is. So what's your testimony? One of the things that I think about when I, I think about the early church, Is they didn't have uh matthew mark luke john they didn't have acts they didn't have the letters from paul the way they shared the gospel was through their testimony how jesus worked on their hearts individually and that's how the original church was able to spread through what jesus directly impacted people and he's still directly impacting us today so one thing i want you to think about as we go through here what's your story what's your story of how god has worked in your life what's your testimony and this is going to one of the themes that we constantly have here in CFC is our mission of evangelism. So far, everybody, um, all, all the elders and stuff have focused on one of our two aspirational goals. One of them is evangelism. The other one is um, outreach. And so on your screens, you have uh, the CFC mission, mi- uh, mission. We see a church where everyone is propelled by God's love and empowered by the Holy Spirit to share the good news of Christ Jesus. One of the things that really struck my heart was in December when uh, Elder Bill Scott came up here. And he talked about how we need to be fishers of men. And so he, we played a little quick card game, and I saw my card in my pocket. Uh, we played a little bit of go fish in here. And I still have my card, and this is a reminder to me that I have to be more purposeful when I go out and when I, um, when I talk about the Lord, that when I share the gospel, when I share his story on my life, that um, I'm saying it with that passion and that vigor that um, he has put into me myself. Oh, thank you. Someone's writing right now. So it says, good morning, teach teacher. Appreciate that. So I, I can see what's coming across the screen right here. I'm not going to call out anybody, uh, but, yeah, no. So I, I can see comments and stuff if you write them on the side. So I want to set things in motion in placing stones. Um, Pastor Mike, one of the things that really impacted me that you talked about is the um, Hebrews. Whenever they would cross an area or whenever they would have this big moment where God Um, had an impact on their life. They would place stones as a marker, as a reminder, so when they came back to the spot, they could tell their children, they could tell their ancestors or or their offspring what happened at at this location. In my own life and probably in all of our lives right here, we have stones of our own. And God has a plan for us to be able to share those different moments in my life. So I brought some of my stones with me. One of my stones is a Bible that I had since I was in college, all right? Now, you can see that I put some uh, wrapping around it because this Bible is falling apart, but I wanna keep it together as much as I can because I have so many things underlined, so many things that I've referenced and used before in the past, and I want this to be a testimony to my children about when I first came to Jesus. So, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about my own testimony, my own story. I wasn't a Christian. My entire life. I started off in high school and I was able uh, to have a little bit of freedom. My parents were uh, regular attenders at church, uh, but they did not uh, pressure me to go to church. They didn't pressure my brother to go to church, and so we kind of slept in on Sundays. And this pretty much was all the way through my high school career. And then I went. To, I ended up going to college and I had a little bit more freedom. And definitely, I wasn't, church was on the least bit of my mind when I went there. Um, However, some ladies were on my mind, and I found one lady in particular very charming and uh, someone that I would like to get to know more. This lady was a Christian, though, and she went to a thing called uh, went to this organization called Campus Crusade for Christ. And I followed her there because I thought, ah, if I could just get her away from me, I was I was a wolf. Let me just say this: I was a wolf. She was with one of the sheep, and I thought if I could corral this sheep away from the rest of the wolves, then I could. I could devour her, I guess. Um, but um, when, <laughs> when I got her, uh, w- when I went to this, um, there were some guys there that really knew what was on my mind and that I really didn't want to go to be uh, fed or fed by the Spirit. I just wanted to go for my own personal gains. And so they surrounded me, and I became the sheep and was devoured by these guys as they were teaching me about Jesus and teaching me about God. And these men built into me for uh, my whole whole time when I was in college for four years. And one of the verses that stuck with me, one of the verses still sticks with me today. It's one of my saving verses. It's where God kind of met me where I was, was Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, where it says, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift from God so that no one may boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared in advance for us to do. This verse, among with another one, where I ended up accepting Christ into my heart, uh, still impact me greatly today. And I always reference them when I start talking about my testimony because I was not going on a good path. I was on a road to destruction where I would more likely not find the joy, peace, comfort in Christ that I have now. I was always pursuing something i was always looking for that next thing that next um uh, accomplishment achievement and i was never content and god filled me and met me where i was and was able to take me as i am and loved me more than i could ever love myself another verse that was um that is a part of me is still a part of me today is uh the one where i accepted jesus i there was one night, um, we had a Campus Crusade meeting and we were, we were talking, to discussing, and it went around <coughs> the table and people were asking, you know, well, how did you come to Christ? How did you come to Christ? And people were sharing their testimony. I didn't have a testimony to share because in reality, at that point, I hadn't come to Christ. I hadn't come to know him as my personal Lord and Savior. So I kind of ducked out. And I went back to my um, dorm and at that night, I realized how important it was for me to be connected with him. And so one of the verses that came to me at this time was Romans uh, 10, or sorry, yeah, Romans ten, nine through 10. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess you are saved. At that moment, I was saved. But I'll tell you what, it wasn't a bed of roses. I have something back here that says life is great, and you will know that I am a huge Michigan fan. Um, actually, this is actually the last time, too, that we uh, ended up beating you guys in the shoe, and this is also before my daughter was born, so you can do some math and realize how long ago that was. Um, its We had a little bit of a dry spell. Um, but there were... There's so many blessings, and God was building into me. And one thing that I didn't realize he was building into me um, until later on was even when I wasn't a Christian, he was building into me. He was putting stones, he was putting markers in my life that I could constantly reflect and look back on and say, that was God right there. I didn't know it at the time, but that was God working on me and putting this event in my life. So when I talk about blessings up here, I talk about Yabs, and this was the old name for our young adult Bible study. I did not come up with this acronym. There were more intelligent individuals that came up with this, but we were a part of this group called Yabs for a long time. And <laughs> you don't have to write o- Go Bucks and O-H. O- so if you say O-H o- to me, I'm going to say N-O. But, um, <laughs> and I will shout that to the rooftops. But um, with with Yabs and this fellowship of believers, we were connected to a group of people that we could constantly build into. My wife and I were part of a young um, a young married uh, group, and through that group, we got connected. We were able to build into our relationship. We were able to grow. We were traveling, and life was pretty good at this point. And then I was sitting in church one day, and I was sitting there listening to Pastor Mike preach, and... Um, It was a baptismal Sunday, and at one point he said, we haven't done this before, but anybody out here who's feeling God pulling on him to be baptized, feel free to come up. I am not someone who is impulsive. I am not someone, I I always want to have the plan out. I want to know X, Y, and Z, cross my T's and dot my I's before I go into anything head first but I was compelled to stand up and go in the back because God was pulling on me at that point. I can't say it was like literally like my my shirt was coming out and I was being pulled out of my seat, but I I couldn't sit down. Now, I'd already been saved. I already confessed with my mouth that Jesus was my Lord and Savior. But there was one thing that God was working on me, and I didn't realize it at the time. He was working on my humility because I was still prideful. A lot of times I believed that I could do things on my own, and I didn't need to rely on him. And this was my way of showing that I'm gonna gonna kneel down, and I'm gonna be dunked in that water to show that I am totally devoting myself to you. So I went in the back, I put on the robe, and of course, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a skinny, small guy, so they didn't have the extra small that I needed. Actually, they didn't have the double X tent that I needed to get under. And, but they did have these choir robes. For some reason, CFC has choir robes back there, these really nice long white choir robes. So I got one of those and I was up there and Pastor Mike looks at me in the eye and I look him in the eye and I start crying right there. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm not, not that much of an emotional guy. But I, um, I, I go there and I, I share how I got to this point and I'm baptized. And at this point in my life, Nikki and I are like, we're done. That's it. And roll credits. You know, end scene. We're done. This, like, you know, awesome story. No, no. We all know that that's not it. That's not, that's not how it is. Something happens in Nikki's in my life. We want to start a family. And after I get baptized, I feel like, you know, I'm connected to the Lord and everything else. And um, You know, I'm looking through the verse. I have Genesis 1 28 up there. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number or multiply. And nothing happens. And nothing happens. We go to a doctor. We go through treatments. And what constantly comes back is infertility issues. Infertility. Unexplained infertility. And we're getting frustrated. We're we're praying, we're seeking God, but we're not getting any answers. And I increasingly get more upset. My wife is very compassionate. She is very good. She is uh, soothing in my own life. And I start to distance myself. And then another opportunity happens. I didn't bring this stone with me, but we have this thing called um, discipleship training. And at this point, God was telling me, you need to listen. Rather than just coming to me, praying, and, and not listening back, you need to listen to me. So I take that time to listen. And I go through this discipleship training, and I am journaling what I'm doing. I am having a regular daily God encounter where I'm sitting in the Word, and I'm reading, and I'm meditating on Scripture. And some important people come up to me. Sarah and Elizabeth. Sar- Sarah, Abraham's wife was infertile, barren for the longest time, didn't have children, but God kept on saying, I promise you, uh, promising Abraham, you'll be the father of many nations. Elizabeth, in the same situation, um, was barren, and then um, her husband was a high priest. God says to her, you're gonna have a child that will be my messenger for the Messiah. I'm like, God, why are you telling me this? What's what's the reason? Are you going to say that Nikki and I are going to be in our nineties and then she's going to have a child? Thanks, no thanks. <laughs> um, and that's not what he was leading us at all. During the discipleship training, a verse kept on coming to my mind. And so, like I have Rocky up there because I always look at discipleship training as a um, as, as like a workout, a real training. Uh, montage. And we go through Romans. I, I, I'm reading through Romans. I'm, ta- I'm reading about Saul and how he converts to Paul. And Romans 8.35 comes up and it says, you have not received the spirit of slavery. And it's, and it's leading us far away. But the, the essence of this verse is that when we accept Jesus into our life, We are no longer tied to this earthly realm, but we are co-inheritors of Christ into the kingdom, meaning that we are adopted into his kingdom, that Christ puts his mantle, his veil over us, and we are now alike in Christ. And that hit me really hard, that in, in Roman society, too, when you're adopted, you leave everything from your previous life away, and you are now considered blood the people that were adopted to you. So when Paul talks about this, he's saying, I am blood relationship with Christ. And that word adoption kept on coming into my mind. And as it kept on coming into my mind, it was going on Nikki's mind too, but we weren't talking about it. Until after discipleship training was over, I shared my journal with her, and we realized that God wasn't working on us to have a child through what we consider like natural or biological means, but He had another child set in place for us. So God takes over. We start listening to Him. I have some verses up here. but as, I, as I'm listening to God, as and as I'm following Him, I realized that things that normally looked on as obstacles, I felt were not as barriers anymore, that they were open doors. When I took myself out of the equation and let God lead, he was showing me things that normally I was blind to, either because of my own insecurities or my own issues that I had. So I'm going to turn to... Luke eleven twenty eight. Right now, he replied, "Blessed <coughs> rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it." So Nikki and I were praying, and we end up going through an adoption service. And through this, we were told, "Don't expect to be connected with anybody for two years, three years plus." It takes a while. So we create this, they call it a life book. It's basically just a story of where Nikki and I are and why we want to be parents. And uh, we create this, we send it off, and within a week of us sending it off, we get a call. We're driving, uh, we're on vacation, we're going up to uh, around New England, taking a little tour there. We get a call and saying from our uh, adoption uh, connection person, that, you know, I have this woman, she really likes your life book, she wants to be connected. And Nikki and I are just like, oh, oh my gosh, what is she going to think about us? Well, you know, like, you know, we, we need to put on this persona and everything else like that. And, you know, we we need to look at ourselves, uh, we need to present ourselves as this well-to-do, well-put-together couple. And This person that we're being connected with, one, is homeless at the time. Two, is scared. And three, is giving up one of her most precious items in the world. And she's putting trust in total different strangers. And here we are thinking about how we look and how we view. And so this verse came to my mind, Matthew 7, 5. I'm going to read a little bit before. Why do you look at a speck of dust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take out that speck of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take out the plank in your own eye. Then we'll see clear, clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I had this thought that I was... Having to portray myself in a certain way. And I took myself, I put myself back in the equation, and God said, No, 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 no. Let me lead. And I let, I once again submitted to Him and let Him lead. And so, Through his amazing grace, we got our own amazing grace. If you haven't been able to meet this little girl, by the way, she is absolutely outstanding. And for those people that have been able to teach her in Promised Land, I am so sorry. Um, (laughs) Because she is a rambunctious one. But in that picture, that's how I always remember her. Because that's in the hospital when she was born. My wife was there to cut the umbilical cord. I was there to give a bath. Uh, we ended up having this amazing relationship with Crystal that still lasts today where we can be connected with one another. And what I thought was how life should be, Nikki and I having two children, and, you know, riding off into the sunset, was not what God had planned. And the reason why I am crying up here is because his plan was so much better for me than I knew myself What I had in my mind was so small compared to what he did for me. He put me and my wife through this uh, tumultuous event. I wouldn't take it back for the world. Because I can look back at each of these moments. And let me just tell you how this all ended up playing out. From the time that Nikki and I started going through the classes, because you have to go through fostering care classes, writing our life book and all that stuff, telling and people telling us, this will take you 10 years, or not 10, whoa, no, this will take you two to three years. It took nine months. Nine months. Beyond that, when I talked about stones before I was a Christian, things that I was blind to at the point now were opened up to us. In my wife's family, she has two adopted uncles. Her father was adopted. In my own life, my parents adopted three Vietnamese boys. I have two other adopted brothers. I was blind to that the entire time. And I think God was screaming in my ear, look at your own life. Why are you hiding from this? But he needed to, he, he needed to take that path with me so I could appreciate what came with that that he had a child planned for us the entire time. That it wasn't the way that I was going to see it, and it wasn't the way that uh, Nikki and I had planned. But we were blessed because of that. But the story continues. We can be blind to God's miracles. A lot of times we're like Exodus Hebrews where we go through, we see this amazing thing, and are like, oh yeah, that's awesome. All right, now what can you do for me now? But we need to get out of this mentality and constantly reflect. My testimony doesn't end with my daughter's birth. It doesn't end with my son's birth, which is another miraculous thing. Um, he is he's incredible as well. It doesn't end when um, I lost my niece a while. God keeps on building into our stories so that we can go out and we can share them with how he's personally working in our lives and make that one-on-one connection. We can't deny that how God has worked in our lives. God wants us to share what's going on. And God is still using me. And I hope he's using you. So, I want to go back to our CFC mission of evangelism. We see a church where everyone is propelled by, uh, propelled by God's love and empowered By the Holy Spirit to share the good news of Jesus Christ. You might not feel like you're well equipped to go out and proselytize or share what's in Scripture, but all of us are equipped with our own personal story of how God worked on us. So think about your testimony what would you share? What would you tell a stranger? another one of uh, the elders, and someone that I highly respect, Mark Lindsay. I didn't get permission to tell this story, but I'm going to tell it anyways because he's not here. Um, <laughs> he can listen to it on the web, but I don't know if he even does that. Um, he, one of the things that he did when we first met was like, you know, Dave, I don't know much about you. Tell me your testimony. He's really bold. Like, he, uh, he, does, it, he, he does it in such a loving way that you know, you don't feel accosted or anything else like that, but um, he, he asked me what my testimony was. And, you know, for the first time in a long time, I was thrilled to be able to tell how God worked in my life. Let's bow our heads in prayer. And worship team, if you guys want to come back up. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, Thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for the compassion and love that you shed upon us every day of our lives, sometimes without us even knowing it. Lord, I pray for anybody in here who can take the time and reflect on what you've done in their own lives. And Lord, Seeing those stones that you put in place in our past to lead us to where we're going in the future. Lord, I thank you for everyone here. And I thank you for the opportunity that we get to go out and share how you loved us. And we can share that love with others. And it's in your son. Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.